the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Pinellas Park. In light of God's judgment, what could be more important than telling people how to be delivered from eternal wrath? Nothing. And that's Peter's point. Since we know that this world is going to be destroyed and a new world of righteousness is going to be ushered in, our attitude should be, Lord, the sooner the better. The sooner the better, and since God has given us the privilege of being a part of this process, then we need to be actively involved in sharing our faith. That is to be our priority. Sometimes it's easy to let the pastors do the evangelizing. After all, we think that's part of why we hired them, isn't it? But you and I as lay people have access to people that professional ministers don't have. Many people are more likely to pay attention to our testimonies than to that of a pastor. Like I said, he was hired to do that and everyone knows it. Folks figure he's just doing his job. But when we share the love of God from our heart, we're like a blind beggar telling his friend where he found an unlimited supply of bread. We can lead people to the Savior who would never listen to a pastor. And if we love those people, the danger they face ought to motivate us to do so with a sense of urgency tempered with sensitivity. Today on Verse by Verse, Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff concludes a three-part message on the return of Christ. Pastor Steve has been serving since 1981 at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. His expository teaching and practical applications are now available to radio listeners through the work of Verse by Verse Ministries. We are nearing the end of a series of studies based on 2 Peter chapter 3. Pastor Steve has been showing us how evangelism is tied in with end times prophecies. In our last class, we took a look at Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 3, and we're going to review that for a couple of minutes before we see how these passages ought to change our own priorities. Now here is Pastor Steve with our lesson. Peter's first sermon in the book of Acts is very well known. His second sermon is not as well known. His first sermon is the one we call on the day of Pentecost, and most Christians are somewhat familiar with that. That's the day the church was born, and uh, 3,000 people came to, to faith in Christ on that day. They were baptized. The church began to grow and so forth. But his second sermon was also given to um, a large Jewish audience. And in verse 17 of chapter 3, this is what he says. Remember, to a Jewish audience in Jerusalem, he says this, and now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance just as your rulers did also. So he's speaking to them as a nation. You acted in ignorance, and so did the rulers of, of, of your nation. But the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ, his Messiah, would suffer, he has fulfilled. He said, he told you he would come. He, he predicted he would come and die for you. It's already taken place. And here, here's what what he has to say that has to do with evangelism and the coming of Messiah. Therefore, he says, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away 
in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. He is telling them as a nation, if you as a nation repent and come to Christ, God will usher in the times of refreshment. That means the millennial kingdom. Because he actually says in verse 20, and clarifies it, that he may send Jesus Christ, or he may send Jesus, the Christ appointed for you. He's talking about the millennial kingdom. And what he's saying to Israel is this. If, if you as a nation were to repent now, God would immediately establish his kingdom. It's a legitimate offer. It didn't happen, but it's a legitimate offer. So the coming of the millennial kingdom is in some way connected with Israel's spiritual condition, evangelism. There's another verse, Matthew chapter 24. I think this is a misunderstood verse that uh, ties evangelism to the prophetic timetable. Keep in mind, Matthew 24 is about the tribulation period. A lot of people don't understand that, and so uh, they read Matthew 24, they're looking for signs, they're looking for things. That's not what we're to be looking for. We are in the church age. We are awaiting the rapture of the church. We're not looking for any signs that have to take place before that. Matthew 24 is about those who will be living in the tribulation period who are to be looking for signs. When Jesus said, you see these signs, you'll know that the end is getting close. He says in verse 14, this gospel, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations and then the end will come. What he's saying is that during the tribulation period, believers will witness for Christ all over the world. There'll be many people who come to Christ during the tribulation period. And if, if you don't believe what the word says, you can check out Tim LaHaye's book and Jerry Jenkins. They'll tell you, they'll back me up on this. Many people will come to Christ during the tribulation period. And what Jesus is saying is that those believers will go all over the world and share the gospel. And it is only after this global witness takes place that the end will come. So once again, Christ's coming is related here to evangelistic efforts, and yet God's sovereignty is not violated. So Peter has really challenged us to be godly in light of the coming day of a fiery judgment. He's challenged us as to what kind of people we should be, and then he's told us the kind of people we should be. We should be a people who are involved in godly activity, and that activity is primarily evangelism. We are not to be lazy. We are not to say, well, the Lord is coming, so I don't need to do anything. We are to be active. But you know what? It goes beyond evangelism. It is evangelism, but there's something more you can do. Look at Matthew chapter 6, if you will. Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 9, Jesus gave what is commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. Some people think, and there are churches who do this, that every week they recite the Lord's Prayer. That, that was not the intent of, of Christ in giving this. Is it wrong to recite the Lord's Prayer? I don't think so. It's wrong to recite it without thinking about the words you're saying. But there's a cross-reference to this in Luke's Gospel in which the disciples came to Jesus after seeing him pray, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And then Jesus gave them the Lord's Prayer. Jesus was not asked, teach us a prayer. He was, he was asked, teach us how to pray. And so what the Lord's Prayer really is, is uh, these are guidelines, principles to guide us in our praying. That's what they are. And in verse 10, he says that we are to pray these famous words or, or the principles of this, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are to pray for the coming kingdom. 
I believe that there is a physical kingdom coming. I believe that there is a literal kingdom coming. However, when the Bible speaks of kingdom, it, it's not only a physical kingdom. There is a spiritual aspect to the kingdom as well. The moment you trusted Christ as your savior, he became your king. And in that sense, the, the kingdom arrived in your heart. You were translated from the kingdom of darkness, Paul tells us in Colossians 1, to the kingdom of God's domain. So in that sense, uh, when, when Christ sets up residency in your life as king, in, in that sense, the kingdom has come. However, there is a future aspect, a literal kingdom coming in which all the prophets predicted. And Jesus is, is saying that we ought to be praying and looking for that day when the physical kingdom shall arrive. However, by way of application, this also can be taken that when you pray, pray for God, ask God to save individuals who will accept Christ as Savior and King. That's the only way to accept him. Pray that the kingdom will come to individuals, that, that they will bow their, their stubborn wills and submission to Christ's rule and reign as king in their lives. So that's how you apply this. Yes, pray for the, you know, as John said at the end of the book of Revelation, even so, come Lord Jesus, pray for the kingdom to come but pray for the king to set up residency in people's lives even now. You can have a part in hastening the, the day of God by your evangelism, but your prayers as well. God never bypasses the human agency of our prayers and our evangelism. They, they go together. They really go together. So what does all of this tell us about the kind of people that God wants us to be? It tells us that because we know that our world is destined to be burned up, that our priority should be involved, that we should be involved in those activities that are evangelistic. Your personal witnessing. You need to share the gospel with people. Secondly, praying for the lost to be saved. You need to regularly be praying for people. Every Wednesday night, we have a, a prayer list that comes out, and you can, you can pick it up either Wednesday, you can get it on Sunday, and uh, it lists many, many people who we're praying for, your loved ones, my loved ones, to come to faith in Christ. Also, I, I think being involved in evangelistic efforts means not only personally witnessing and, and praying, but also supporting the work of missions. That's why Lakeside is a missionary-minded church. We support missionaries all over the world, all over the world. You should be a part of that. You should understand that. You should be a part of our missions conference. That's, that's kind of the, the first thing you can do. Plan to be here every night. And, and if you think, well, you know, that's, that's kind of hard to do. Well, it may be hard, but evangelism is to be our priority. That's what God said. I mean, Paul was in prison for the gospel. Certainly, you can come out a few nights during the week. But be supportive of the work of, of missions. Know what uh, missionaries do. Know how you can pray for them. Know how you can be involved and, and be involved in, in the church in general, which uh, one of the, the things that we do is we not only train believers, but we get the gospel out through you and through various ministries. Listen, there is nothing more important than the priority of evangelism. In light of God's judgment, what could be more important than telling people how to be delivered from eternal wrath? Nothing. And that's Peter's point. Since we know that this world is going to be destroyed and a new world of righteousness is going to be ushered in, our attitude should be, Lord, the sooner the better. 
the sooner the better. And since God has given us the privilege of being a part of this process, then we need to be actively involved in sharing our faith. That is to be our priority. Now, do you do that? Do you look for opportunities to tell others about Christ? And, and, and I understand not everyone's going to be responsive, but the elect will. The elect will eventually. And it's those people that you want to lead to the Lord. They're the people that Jesus said are white unto harvest. They're the, the ripe fruit that's ready to be picked. And, and, I, and I realize that just about all of us feel quite inadequate about telling others about Christ. And, and that includes me. It's one thing to get up here in the pulpit and speak when you don't speak back. It's another thing to talk to somebody who you know they're, they're thinking negative things about you, especially family members. Those are the hardest people to witness to. So I understand about feeling inadequate about what to say about Jesus. But you know what? Just tell them the basics. You and I don't have to be expert witnesses. You don't have to feel like, well, what if they ask me a question and I don't know the answer? Let me assure you, they are going to ask you a question you don't know the answer to. Nobody's going to be lost and, and go to hell forever because you couldn't answer their question. The thing to do is say, that's a good question. I'll look, look into it and I'll get back with you. That's why you have a pastoral staff here. That's why we have a good library you could look at. That's why we have elders who, uh, who are elders and know biblical answers. John, in chapter 9 of his gospel, tells about a man born blind whom Jesus healed. The religious leaders were pelting him with questions about Jesus. The man simply replied that he didn't know much about Jesus, but he did know that once he was blind and that Jesus gave him sight. We don't have to have a Ph.D. in theology to testify of God's grace. We just have to be honest. That's not to say ignorance is good, but it should never be an excuse for not witnessing. Pastor Steve will be right back to continue that line of thought after we greet those of you who just tuned in. We're glad to have you with us today for this radio Bible class that we call Verse by Verse. Our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today's class is the conclusion of a three-part message, the fifth in a series of six messages from 2 Peter chapter 3 about the return of Jesus Christ. Let's get back to class now for some tips on how to share the good news. Let me just say this. In, in all the years that I've been a believer and I became a Christian in 1971, I have never heard a question asked that, uh, by an unbeliever that couldn't be researched out and given back to them. So you don't, you don't need to be intimidated by that. Give them the basics of the gospel. What's, what are the basics? First of all, tell them about their sinful condition, that because they're sinners, they need to be forgiven. The gospel is not that Jesus will make your marriage better or, or he'll, he'll set you up uh, financially uh, so that you'll be secure or not that he'll heal you. That's not the gospel at all. The gospel is, it begins with understanding that you are a sinner who needs to be forgiven. Secondly, tell them of God's justice, his holiness, his righteousness. If you only tell people they're sinners and you don't tell them that God is holy, they won't see the seriousness of being a sinner. Their attitude probably will be, well, yeah, I'm not perfect, and nobody is, so I guess it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay because God is not okay with that. God is holy, he's just, he's righteous, and his holiness demands, his justice demands payments for that. Nobody gets away with sin. Sin has to be punished. But then you move on to tell them they're sinners. Justice, God's justice demands that it be satisfied. But you also move on to tell them that Christ's work on the cross 
has satisfied God's demands for justice. When Jesus died, it was for payment for our sin. Justice has been met. It's already been taken, taken care of. And now God simply offers us salvation as a gift. As a gift. How is that gift received? By repenting, turning from sin, and trusting Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Folks, that's the gospel. That's the gospel. And you ought to know that. You ought to be able to, to tell others that. And God will give you the grace. See, if you humble yourself and say, Lord, I'm scared, just be honest with him. God will give you strength and, and courage. I mean, that's what Paul was telling Timothy to do. Timothy was, was scared. But remember Jesus Christ. Remember others who have done this. And, and we need to be more concerned about obeying God than what people think about us. So in light of the future judgment, what kind of people should we be? We should be people who are involved in godly activities that pertain to evangelism. We ought not to have this do-nothing attitude because the Lord's coming back and the elect will be saved anyway. We ought to be actively involved. And I want to close with this in Acts chapter 1. I want you to see Acts chapter 1 because Jesus really gave the disciples a lesson on what should be their priority in this age. And it's a great lesson for us to learn as well. Acts chapter 1, the Lord is about to ascend and go back to the Father. He's been raised from the dead. He's ministered for 40 days with his disciples. Now it's time to return to the Father. And so he says in verse 6 of, of Acts 1, he says, So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? See, they understood about a future kingdom coming. And the disciples said, Lord, is this the time? Is this the time the, the millennial kingdom is going to be ushered in? And Jesus said to them, verse 7, it's not for you to know times or epics which the Father has fixed by his own authority. You understand what the Lord is saying? It's really none of your business. That's what he's saying. You know what? Don't concern yourself with something that only the Father is responsible for. It's not your responsibility. Don't worry about it. Then what is their responsibility? Verse 8 tells us, But you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. He's saying, followers of mine, don't be concerned about the timing of the future events. That's not your concern. What is your concern until I come back is to be busy with evangelism. That's what he's telling us. That's what he told them. That's a good word for us. Let's leave the timing up to God and concentrate on telling people about Christ. As someone once put it, they said, one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Now think about that. One life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. We are... Moving through eternity. This is our time in history. You'll never have another time like this. If the Lord doesn't come back in our generation, we're going to die and then your evangelistic opportunities will be over. This is our spot on the chart of eternal history. Make sure that you're busy doing the work of the master. We don't want to be so attached to this world that we forget that someday it's all going up in, in smoke. In the meantime, we need to be busy telling others about Christ. And I, and I hope that God will drive this to your heart and motivate you to tell others about Christ and never to use a theology of God's sovereignty to dampen our passion for evangelism. Let's bow for prayer.
as we are in the Lord's presence, God has challenged you through his word. What kind of people are you to be? You're to be evangelistically active. Are you going to do that? Are you going to say to the Lord right now, and I'll give you a few moments to speak quietly to him, but are you going to say to the Lord, I do struggle in this. I, I, I don't like people thinking negative things of me. I, I, I have a hard time, Lord, but I know that your grace is sufficient. You'll help me. Help me to speak out for you. Help me to have courage. Help me to be bold. Help me to, to care more about what you think in terms of my obedience than what people think. God will give you the grace if you humble yourself and admit your need for him. This is a time you need to ask the Lord to not only help you to witness to people, but pray for their salvation. Do you pray for people to be saved? Maybe you're married to someone who's not saved. Are you praying diligently for them to come to Christ? Loved ones, friends, are you praying for them? Are you supportive of missions? Do you know about missions? It is amazing to think that God would involve us, you, me, in the timing of his prophetic program, but he does. What an honor. Let's, let's take that honor. And if you are not a believer in Christ, then you need salvation to be saved from the judgment and wrath to come. And we've already said how, how to be saved. You're a sinner. God demands payment for that sin. Christ has taken that payment. He was judged in your place. God's justice has been satisfied. He offers you salvation freely. You receive it by turning from your sin as you turn to him, trusting him as Lord and Savior. I'll give you a few moments to pray, and then I'll close. Father, I pray that you'll take these challenging words and, and indeed drive them home to us, Lord, that we would have an eternal perspective. Lord, that someday our witnessing opportunities will be over. Help us to redeem the time, to seize the, the moments. We, we depend upon you for open doors, not for us to kick down doors and to be pushy about the gospel, but for open doors and opportunities. And Lord, I'm so thankful that someone shared the gospel with me, and, and each of us who know you can say the same thing, that someone shared the gospel with us, and we were not always the most cooperative, and we were not always the nicest people to them. But they cared more about our soul than about what we thought. I pray that you'll help us, Lord, to hasten your coming, to be a part of that as we share the gospel, as we pray for others to be saved, as we, as we learn more about missions and missionaries. Father, I, I realize that these things are not easy to understand in light of your sovereignty. So I pray that no one here will go away confused or troubled about these truths, but we'll, uh, we'll just be at perfect peace as we understand the Word of God and obey it. I pray that you'll draw to yourself and open the hearts of those who, who still need Christ, who are not ready to stand before him, who need indeed to make sure that Jesus is their Lord, their Savior, their King. We pray this in Christ's name. With that prayer, we conclude our class for today. What an awesome privilege we have been given as believers to have a part in God's plan for redemption. What a staggering gift that He's offered us in the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, His Son. 
You have been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been serving since 1981 at Lakeside. Now, Verse by Verse Ministries makes his messages available to you through this radio station and the website that I'll tell you about in just a moment. Verse by Verse Ministries is a faith ministry supported by the gifts and prayers of listeners like you who have first been faithful to their own local church. If you would like to hear today's class again, it is available at our website, versebyverseradio.org. You can download it or listen online, whichever way works best for you. We also offer a free podcasting service if you would like to sign up for that. If you would like to go back and listen to previous classes, maybe you just found us and want to hear the earlier lessons in this series on the return of Christ, we have an archives page where those programs can be found. That is versebyverseradio.org. To hear this message all at once, without announcements, you can call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours so that you can order an audio CD. That number again, 727-441-1714. Please join us next time for the first part of Pastor Steve's concluding message on the return of Christ. Among other things, we'll be learning why we should be living our lives expectantly and actively. Hope to see you then. We are here to give you strength between... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.